Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. We're in Airbnb in San Antonio, Texas. It's uh, um, San Antonio Rodeo, obviously. And we've got with us uh, the GOAT of clowning, Mr. Rump Chat himself, Justin Rumford. Hola. Hola. He's going to give us the story. Uh, he's going to give us the lowdown on what it took to, to, to just become Rump. It's pretty inspirational. I would say, though, the most inspirational thing that's been shared in this hour and a half long conversation came from that man in the corner. So you guys listen it's, in. It's going to be good. It's and just so wait good. for what Kevin Reed has to share with you guys, um, because it's going to blow your blow your socks off. <laughs> uh, it's going to rock your world. So um, listen to Rump Chat. They've got a podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Do you also have it on YouTube? Uh, we have a couple on YouTube, but mostly uh, we mostly it's on uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, yeah. Patreon. So yeah, because that the Patreon is where the uh, raw yeah is. The raw is really raw. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but it's very in depth on many things. So you say in this podcast, you're like you know, kind of help your end game whenever you say peace. Yes. What are you gonna do? What else is your end game? Just real quick. It was a question I didn't get to ask during the podcast. When I'm done clowning. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm not telling. Okay. <laughs> you don't okay. tell the, you got to read the whole book to get to the last <laughs> chapter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, listen to this podcast and maybe you'll learn and you could guess what Rump's end game is. Uh, do y'all still, when y'all have guests on, do y'all still do like an intro at the beginning where it's just you and Hambone? And no, you don't? we go straight to it. <laughs> like, have you always done that? Well, no. At first we used to do 30 minutes with talking because, and then. Not, not 30. When I went on. <laughs> It was 55 minutes, and then y'all brought me on for like eight. Well, it, that's the thing. That we've, we've learned that when we have a guest, there's a reason you have a guest. Like, because for a while, like Jeff Metters told us that, he's like, yeah, I was a guest on Rump Chat. He said, you don't have to worry about saying anything because they do all the talking. So, <laughs> like, if we, so there were some times where we'd have a guest, and the guest would just sit there. And uh, <laughs> never say anything until the end. We're like, how about our guest? And people were like, yeah, he didn't talk. I'm like, yeah. Okay. We got to get on that. I'm not going to lie. Because <clears throat> I've listened to some other podcasts of y'all's since then. Yeah. A bunch. And they didn't, you didn't wait, you know? And I was like, man, why did they wait 55 minutes before I got to say I'm anything? Sorry. It's okay. We got to get you back on. We'll okay. Get... It's okay. But then you I were couldn't... our third one, though. That we were new. Yeah. You were podcast number three. Do you also still ask people who they would fight? No, we quit that. Like okay, people good. got too weird because uh, one of our rodeo committees, as a joke, I said I'd fight Roger Mooney. Roger's my friend. I'm I'm not going to fight him. It's just a would you rather? Who would yeah. you rather fight? And I said I'd fight Roger Mooney, and I got a phone call from <laughs> Strong City Kansas. They're like, "Yeah, we have some people listen to your podcast. Are you and Roger going to be able to work the rodeo together, even though you're fighting?" I'm like, "We're we're not really fighting." Like. Same thing happened to me. Like, For some we're, reason, we're friends. I said Tyler Taylor, who oh, is yeah. my friend, and I was just joking. And then somebody asked me, like, "What's up with you and Tyler Taylor?" I was like, "What? Are you, what in the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> He's a sweetheart, and I love him. He's like, "Well, you said you were gonna fight him." I was like, so that's when I went back and I re-listened, and I was like, "Okay, first of all, I didn't say it for like an hour and a half into the podcast because fifty-five I didn't go minutes." On, so <laughs> But um, I was like, that's maybe not the best question. Because we asked somebody. I was like, who would you fight? And yeah, anyway. I remember. I, was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. You got to have, <laughs> but but 
it's good for you because you're a rodeo clown and you can be quick. I and think we asked Hambone. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, Hambone couldn't fight anybody. Small hands, not very tough. <laughs> but I well, love him. Um, so who would you fight? Who would I fight? Yeah. To win or just to fight? Because I've fought a lot of people. Let's do one of each. Uh, who would I like to fight for fun? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to have a, a fair fight with Cody Webster, because you know he broke my nose in Las Vegas when we were joking around fighting. Yep. And I, I had to have plastic surgery because he deviated my septum. Is that a real? You actually? Yeah, he smashed my nose against my face, and we're best friends. And I'd like to have a fair fight with Webster. Who else? Uh, who would I fight and not win? I'd like to. I'd like to throw a punch or two uh, at Boyd. <laughs> I don't think I could beat him, but it would be fun. <laughs> if, be I a could, good story. if I could connect one time, boy, it would just It would be just like the movies, you know, like wherever like that the hero like punches like the big guy and his head just goes and turns a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just one if I could just land one punch, I know he'd beat me to death, but I would go down with a smile on my face and a good <laughs> feeling in my heart. Well, we get to hear the hilarious story. Of, of rump and rump chat so it, please enjoy this episode of rodeo time the podcast yeah see the audio it's good acoustically it's a good house for acoustics. Yeah, we're in an Airbnb. That is that asbestos really knocks a lot of the. <laughs> it just died. Knocks a lot of the sound. It was the asbestos. I thought y'all. I thought you guys had like real high end equipment stuff. We're we're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I we uh, <laughs> it started off not good, but now like we have a, actually have the roadcaster. Yeah. Also, and we have a Tascam Mixcast Four. Yeah, I, I don't bought even one. know what that is. I bought one. I got boozed up during the Extreme Bulls there in Austin. I went to Best Buy and dropped like eighteen hundred. So there's that. Well, we uh, we just kind of our our table here at the Airbnb is like really little, and so we just like man, we're just gonna chill on the couch. Yeah, it's good. We don't have the big arms. We do at our table back at the warehouse, but on the go, we don't have the big arms. These actually are very handy, like these these heavy things just for tables. Because I like them more. We had the the clip on kind, right? The detail those sucked, like you know, like with the long arms. Yeah. So we got like kind of like these, but it has the long. Uh, so it's got the heavy base, but you know, like the long. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, microphone holder. Does it suck worse than uh, having to go on a diet and losing eighteen pounds? No, nothing sucks worse than that. What has inspired you to do that? Well. You know, honestly, like, I've I've never really had trouble being a big dude. Yeah. Like, I've always felt pretty good. You know, I'm very active, and, like, I went in. So, I get two physicals a year, okay? Yeah. I get one for CDL physical and two just, you know, blood work. And, you know, like, I just want to make sure I don't die for a while. And because yeah. people are always like, hey, man, uh, you got to – you know, better start watching your weight. I'm like, I agree. Uh, but, you know, I'm 40. I'm not like 20, but, you know, but there for a while, um, for a long time, you know, like drinking beer. Rodeoing's hard when that's all you do. 
And yeah. I think that was part of my weight problem because, uh, you know, when every rodeo you go to is a party, especially as the clown, and you get to the rodeo, say you get there on a Tuesday and, and it starts on Wednesday and everyone's like, yeah, man, we're so glad you're here. We got all this beer and, and like, uh, hospitality food is never calorie conscience. Like <laughs> it's always like the best horrible food you can have. Actually, it's either really good or it's like pulled pork or like those weird sloppy joes, like with the preg check glove where they do the, <laughs> the old hand dip. So like I, I did put on some weight like during COVID when I was a pool boy, which you wouldn't think I would. But, um, so I was like, man, I need to, I need to start dropping. Like I go up and down where I really will really try for a while. And then I'll get like two months in, I'll lose like 20 pounds. I quit losing weight. And I'm like, this is stupid. And then I'll eat Whataburger and like slam like 800 beers. And then I'll feel bad again. And I, I just, I don't care to be skinny. I don't care if I have abs. I just don't want to die for a long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I've got my, my triplets and plus like, I, I just hated that. Like I'm very happy with being me. And, like, there's a lot of peace in just being yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, <laughs> I just do what I want and say what I want, you know. Have you always been like that? Yeah. I've always just wanted just to just do what I, just be so, myself. So even in, like, high school, if when, like, you know, you, I think, I don't know, high school more than junior high, maybe the first time you really start to notice people, like, having trends or they're wearing certain things. Like, when you, I, th I think that might be the first time where you kind of become conscious of, like, people doing that. Like, but but when that time frame came for you, you didn't care. No, I yeah. was country when country wasn't cool. Love it. Like, I've, I, you know, I've always kind of been the, I don't know, the same way my whole life. But, like, people, uh <laughs> the random people that you know now that I'm, I'm a bigger guy you know like committee guys or just random people like how are you doing mr fat man i'm like say what like i can damn near do a backflip you know i'm a big dude but uh, i still got a little flavor in here and so i just i don't know i just i want i guess i'm trying to lose weight just so i won't be harassed so much like i'm not in bad health like so you're you're at peace with being yourself yeah you're annoyed at the noise i'm annoyed i i I don't feel bad. Like I don't, I don't look in the mirror and want to cry. I'm like, you know, I'm a big dude, but I want to be healthy too. You know, that's, it's rough. It is so hard because especially y'all know how it is driving down the road, you know, driving down here to San Antonio, it's, you know, a 10 hour drive from Oklahoma. And I'm driving along, driving along. Hey, looky here. I need some fuel. Pull in the old truck stop options, McDonald's, or the roller things, yeah. Which the yeah. roller things are so dang good. <laughs> Do you, have and, you had those? And yeah. like, plus, like when you're driving and you're bored, when you're bored, that's when it's hardest not to snack. Well, and what else really screwed me on the whole thing? I quit chewing uh, yeah. five years ago. It's crazy. I still want to chew after a meal. Like every now and then, it'll hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> I just want to chew. And, Five years later? Yeah, it's crazy. And so, like, without chewing, which is fine, and I haven't chewed, and I went, you know, like, I quit chewing, and it's all good. But, like, even years later, like, driving down the road, that's why it's hard because, oh, man, I can stop and get me back chips, you know, give me Dr. Pepper. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's it's all good. It's life lessons. So, I'm on the, uh, I think I'm in, like, the week number four of, 
the miserable life of dieting. <laughs> do you feel like your athleticism is often underestimated? Because I do. You're like, aren't you? Don't you run like a really fast forty? Yeah, I've outrun Cody Webster twice. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty fast. Yeah. And I can stick my foot on the fence. Like, I do yoga. I do stretching. Right. Which yoga is actually a lot harder than I thought. But like, I, I feel like, and I can. Have you seen my back handspring? It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes it sucks, but. You know, if I if I if I have a few too many drinks before the rodeo, sometimes a backflip isn't as good. But you know, um, I I'm I feel like I move pretty good. Did you, know? you uh you used to do what event? Well, I I rode Bronx. Uh, kind of going back, like when you're talking about high school, I never ever wanted to do anything but rodeo. Like I've been ate up for for years, and I remember I remember exactly. When it happened, um, well, my parents, uh, my grandfather, Floyd Rumford, he started Rumford Rodeo Company in 1946. And uh, we had a ranch in Kansas. Uh, Rumford Rodeo <laughs> became PRCA in 1982. And we had stock DNFR from 1984 to 2014. Uh, before uh, my grandfather passed away in 1998, my dad took over the rodeo company and we had a lot of rodeos. We had a lot of rodeos in Kansas and Oklahoma. And, and uh, um, we sold out. My dad sold the company to uh, Jimmy Crothers, which is New Frontier Rodeo in, in Roxbury, Kansas. And he still owns a, a, a percent and raises a few horses. But, you know, he was ready to kind of be out of the, the rodeo business. So, like, from the day I was born, like, all we ever did was rodeo. I mean, and, and even back then, uh, the, the there was just so many small rodeos especially in Kansas or just everything was a pro rodeo because, you know, for, for the longest time, if you had a PRCA card, you couldn't go to an amateur rodeo. So it right, was, yeah. it was different. Well, um, as, as the evolution of things kind of come on when, uh, anybody could go anywhere, these small pro rodeos in Kansas were like, well, why should we put up the money to have a pro rodeo when we can add less and get all the same people? So a lot of those pro rodeos started dropping off and, and my dad and grandfather, they were the kind that, you know, we're, by golly, we're, we're PRCA. Right, we're, right. we're not going to. Loyal. We're not going to do amateur, not nothing against amateur rodeos, but they, they were very, by God, we wear Wranglers and we wear yeah, resist yeah, yeah. all. We drive Dodge trucks. Like yeah. my, my family is very loyal to the deal. And so growing up in that, like all I, for the longest time, I just wanted to, I wanted a rodeo. I wanted to be a contestant, but I wanted to be a stock contractor. That was like my thing. I was just ate up with it. Like I couldn't wait for it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I steer wrestled in high school and, uh, I rode saddle Bronx back. It was pretty skinny back then, but made the call, the college finals all four years at Northwestern Oklahoma state university, as you can see. Yep. That's what that uh, stands for. My last Bronx was actually at the college finals. I got on blood brother birches. Oh, by dang. that time I was gaining some weight. And, uh, what year was that? 2004. Yeah, my senior year, and I was like, you know, if I get, I was getting bigger, and I was bucking off some, and but the, the and it's not that I was a great bronc rider, but you couldn't hardly buck me off. I'm, I might be 68, but like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was just, it was hard to buck me off. But I went to the college finals, and uh, me and the Birches are, are great friends, and you know, Matt's like, um, show them up, make them look good. I'm like, well, we'll see, and I got bucked off, and I landed on my back, and I swallowed my chew. And I about puked in the arena. And uh, I got up and I said, that's it. And I left my gear bag, my Bronx saddle, everything to the rodeo gods behind the chutes. <laughs> and I walked out of the uh, 
the Casper event center and never got on another one. <laughs> so, oh, no. so kidding. but I, I was steer wrestling a lot and what, I, were, what's did, that? Did that, did, how did, did you ever regret that? No, no. Good. Like I, I knew you, I figured you were going to say, I no. didn't, I didn't ever regret it. I was glad to quit when I did because like, I had a lot of fun, man. I went to Shawnee, Oklahoma, and, and when I was rodeoing, I was the same age as Cord and Jet McCoy. Yep. And they were they were uh, we all so we all high school rodeoed together, and uh, Will Lowe was from Kansas, and we Kansas high school rodeoed together, and and so I got to meet so many cool guys that I'm still friends with, and uh, to this day, like my high school kids I graduated with, I can't hardly remember any of them. I don't even I never talked to them, but kids I, I junior. How big rodeoed, was your class? Twenty one. Dang, that's not that many people that you had to remember. I know, right? That's how bad it is. But like all my high school rodeo friends, like we're all still, we all talk. Right, right. And we're still around each other. But I just, when I started, uh, when I quit riding Bronx, I was like, okay, you know, we're going to start bulldogging pretty hard. And um, I made the circuit finals uh, in in the prairie circuit, which was a big deal because like out of the 12 guys at our circuit finals, you know, 10 of them made the NFR. We had Oak Berry and Spud Duval and, and Ricky Dang. Huddleston and Jason Lair and Stockton Graves. Like, so, uh, like, our group, it, and it took, in the Prairie Circuit, like, 15 grand to make the Circuit Finals. Wow. So, like, I was, my dad and everybody's like, you know, we're going to we're gonna pump you up. And, you know, through college, I'd, I'd had some success. But after college, I was like, this is this is time. And, and like, I, all I could think about was just rodeoing. And that's what kind of screwed my credit and my finances for years. <laughs> Because I just kept thinking, man, I'm about to hit it. So I, I got in with um, Drew Melvin and uh, Stockton Graves and and Jewel Hayes and all who went to the NFR, and I didn't. Uh, but it turned out it was getting so expensive to rodeo when you don't win. And I went one winner, and I did pretty decent. But after everything got said and done, after going to Denver, San Antonio, Fort Worth, didn't get into Houston. I got uh, placed at Rapid City. By the time that I paid everything, like plane tickets and mount money and fuel, I didn't have like any money at all. And I had this girlfriend and she was not very attractive. Um, but she, her dad was mega rich and he was kind of letting me use one of his credit cards a little bit. And then she dumped me and then he wanted paid back. Oh for, yeah. So it's a whole deal. But, um, I just, I kept thinking, okay, we're going to figure this out. And at the same time, my sister, <clears throat> Haley, she was married to Drum Sneeberger, who's been to the NFR, you know, 12 times. One of the absolutely, they're not married anymore, but he's still a great guy, an excellent roper, you know, probably yeah. one of the best. Won the NFR a couple times. And I mean, just to make the NFR 12 times. And so I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to get this figured out. I'm going to, I'm going to keep bulldogging. We're going to, we will find a way to rodeo because this is really dumb, but I always listen to that Twisted Sister song when, you know, like I want to rock. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't let anybody tell you not to rock. Turn it down. You know, no. I want to rock. I'm I like, want to rock. And I was yeah. like, I want a rodeo. Like I'm going to find a way to rodeo. And so I was. Um, That's not really dumb, by the way. Well, but you know, like at the time, like all my other friends are like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you should get out of this. I'm like, no, we're, we're, we'll figure something out. Like all I could think about was the NFR and not it, your rodeo friends though. Yeah, even some of my rodeo friends, they were because like, like I would, they would ask me like they were for a while they wouldn't really want me to travel with them because I never had any money and so it'd be my time for fuel. But hey, man, you know, can I catch you later? Or I'd try to do something dumb like 
one time uh, there's a bunch of dog hair in this nacho cheese deal at rodeo grounds, and I told them I'd lick the cheese if they'd pay for a tank of fuel. <laughs> Like some, <laughs> some dumb stuff like that, you know, but, um, like, I just, I can't no, no more licking cheese. You got, yeah. you got to pay this time. Like I would tell them like Drew, I'm like, Hey, uh, are y'all gonna, what's your, what's your plan on? Like, you going to go to Phillipsburg and Abilene and Dodge? And they're like, uh, yeah, I, I think our buddy group might be full. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I'll just enter on my own. See you there. You know? Yeah. And I mean, obviously they were, they were always great, but. You know, it was just, it just sucked because it was so expensive and I was getting out of college and it just, my money deal wasn't great, you know? And yeah. so, uh, but my brother-in-law, Jerome, he was winning, you know, like 200,000 a year and winning Calgary and, you know, being pretty cool. And so I'm like, you know, I'm gonna hang out with him. So, uh, I moved to Ponca city to his driveway and when I say I moved there, I drove, uh, my piece of crap pickup with a Capri camper I bought off a bull rider and this Capri camper was rough and the thing when I say something's rough yeah. it's rough yeah but it, I mean it was all right so I my drive shaft fell off about 10 miles from Jerome's house and so he pulled me in with my pickup and I lived in his driveway and I worked at the cell barn in Newkirk Oklahoma and the whole time I'm working in the cell barn I'm not spending no money. I'm like, man, I'm going to save my money up. And we're going to get, get, go back rodeoing. And like, it's, this is going to work, you know? So I saved and I saved. I went to the Huddleston's had a jackpot there. Like they call it the world's richest bulldog and jackpot. And I won 16 grand. And then it just kind of got bad from there. Like I bought a big screen TV and like <laughs> for your Capri. We yeah. made it. <laughs> I, was, I bought a new drive shaft so I could drive my pickup and, and um, I was like, man, this is gonna this is gonna be great. And that year, uh, I get in with Shane Henderson, and man, we're rodeoing and things are going good. Like I'm winning money and making money, and I'm like, just thank you, Jesus. It's all working out. I'm like, told you guys this is gonna work. I'm like, I'm this is gonna work. And so I go to these rodeos and I win a bunch of money, and I go to Reno and went around at Reno, win some money. I'm like, Cowboy Christmas, here we come. First one at Greeley. Snap the old leg. Dang. Break my leg pretty bad. And uh, so that's five months, five months out. And wow. all that money that I was making, I was not handling it right because I was in my 20s and I wasn't married. You know, I just, it just was dumb, you yeah. know. And so then I'm like, I am in a storm, you know. So, but I graduated from Northwestern. I'm trying to find a job. I don't really want to work. Well, um, I ended up getting the assistant rodeo coach at Weatherford, Oklahoma at Southwestern. They're like, hey, uh, you know, we'll pay for your master's if you want to come back and be the assistant rodeo coach. I'm like, I don't really need a master's. I didn't even need my first degree. Yeah. You know, but I was like, all right. You know, I'm healing up. So I went back to Southwestern and uh, was, you know, rehabbing and, and uh, they had a you know great great school there, you know, Southwest Oklahoma State. The job sucked, worst job I ever had as far as that goes. But it wasn't fun. But you know I went to school and got healed up. And I the whole time I was doing that, I was like, all right, you know, we're gonna figure this out. And at that time, I was living in my Capri camper in uh, this guy named Tanner Houston's driveway. And uh, so I saved and saved and and I got kind of back on my feet. And that summer I went to Cody, Wyoming, to work for Maury Tate and. Uh, so I could steer wrestle every night and it was fun, you know, and 
kind of get things back going. And, and I, I met my wife, Ashley, and we started dating and, and everything started kind of working out. And the, so the goal was to get through the summer and the next year in uh, 2007, I was going to get married and then I was going to go rodeo. So Ashley is awesome. And I know you guys have met her, but she is, she's like the best thing in the world. And, and she, she was like, you know what, if you want to make the NFR, we're going to figure this out. Right. So when we got married, we decided not to buy a house. We weren't going to buy anything. We were going to live in her parents' basement because she wouldn't stay in the Capri. <laughs> you know, stuck up. So, so <laughs> she's like, we'll, we'll live in our in her parents' basement in Ponca City. And she's like, she had a really good job. She was a marketing director for the Oklahoma Blood Institute. And, and uh, she's like, I'll work and you go rodeo and, and we're going to make this happen. I'm like, cool. That is a pretty amazing one. Let's yeah. do it. Well, the... Same deal, did the old Denver, San Antonio, and it just didn't really work out. And I got to uh, June of that year, 2007, and um, got to North Platte, Nebraska. I had no money at all to go over the fourth. Like, things just weren't going well at all. And my sister and my brother-in-law called me, and they're like, you know, Justin, there's, it's okay. Not everybody can rodeo for a living, and. You know, you're not a failure. You know, you can, you know, you and Ashley are going to do great. You can move back to Ponca City, you know. Uh, you guys get an apartment. You can work at the cell barn. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm not done. Like, I've, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to keep rodeoing. And they're like, you can't. You know, you're, you're broke. And, like, they're borderline rude. They're like, you know, your poor wife's at home and you're off trying to bulldog. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, we'll figure something out. So at North Platte, I'm like, all I need to do is win $1,600 at North Platte. So, I, so I'm like, with well, $1,600, that'll at least cover my expenses. And that's back before, you know, when you could say you're going to pay in the office and you could wait till the Monday after. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I can make this happen. So I got the best one in the pen at Slack at, at North Platte. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Broke the barrier to win it. And so I told everybody I was with, I was like, guys, you guys go on. I'm not going to be able to go. So I'm sitting on the fence. This sounds theatrical, but I swear this is how it happened. I'm sitting on the fence after slack. It's kind of like, you remember in Kingpin when uh, Roy Munson just sits there and everybody leaves at the end. Yeah. I was sitting there on the fence by myself and slack got over at like 1130 and, and you know, there's a perf that night. There's nobody around. I'm sitting on the fence at like one o'clock in the afternoon, just by myself is for one, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get home because the rest of the guys were go- went on to uh, Utah to Pleasant Grove. So I'm just sitting there by myself. I'm like, man, this sucks. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was kind of being a bitch. I was, <laughs> I was like kind of crying. I'm like, well, this is it. You know, I mean. What Completely is, understand. You know, so um, I'm sitting there and Benny Butler, who's uh, been a family friend of ours who – I've worked on and off for him my whole life, you know, and my dad is still works for him to this day, you know, helps him all the time. And Benny comes out of nowhere and he goes, Hey, what's your deal? And I'm like, well, he's like, why are you crying? I'm like, Hey, I said, cause I didn't make it. He goes, what, what do you mean you didn't make it? I said, I have no money. I'm married. We're living in our, my in-laws basement. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm a, I didn't make it. I'm like, I, I'm just, I hate to admit defeat, 
Like, I'm defeated. Like, this is it. No NFR. Like, all I ever wanted to do was rodeo. Like, and and now I have to realize that it, it's not happening. So, Benny says, I'll tell you what, Megan. Come work for me and drive that truck because I had a CDL. You know, you drive that semi and I'll pay your fees in my rodeo. See? See, that's your dang deal. You're too dang dumb. You need to <laughs> come work for me and I'll give you a paycheck every week and you put bulldog in my rodeos. I'm like, all right. So I called Ashley. I go, guess what? Got a job. She's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I started working for Butler's, uh, which I really enjoyed. I mean, it was, yeah. it was fun for me. And, and like the first week I worked for Benny, I won $7,800. And I was almost like, peace, Benny. <laughs> and he would tell me, don't you go quitting on me now. Like, cause that was the week when, uh, like Phillipsburg and uh, I won Phillipsburg, placed at Burwell, went to, Caught a ride to Manhattan, Kansas, you know, that whole little rodeo yep, yep. run. And I did pretty good. I was like, this, you know, this ain't so bad. And plus, I was, the, the best part was I was getting to be a stock contractor. I was driving a 379 Peterbilt with a 57-foot trailer full of bucking horses. Yeah. And yeah. it was, like, I really thought, man, I've made it, you know. So, yeah, so the bronc rider in you loved that part. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I ate it up, dude. I'd get in that semi. I'd set the seat down as low as, and it was nice. Like Benny's trucks are pretty, pretty awesome. I'd set the seat down. It had the wood grain steering wheel that oh, had man. like the naked chick cutouts in the, <clears throat> the steel part. Yeah. And it had the long toggle switches. Yeah. And on the, uh, on the uh, gear shift, it said three speeds, fast, slow, and go, baby, go. <laughs> and then the, the seat was real low. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the, the like the naked lady calendar, and, you know, it yeah. was the stereotypical. Right. Three cent, it had eight yeah. inch straights and it had a 600 cat. Like this dude was, it was cool. And so like I'd load after those rodeos and I'd throw on Chris Ledoux, like them horses that buck and boy, I'd go <laughs> pulling a, out of there. And it was last night I stopped, great. I dropped a cow off at JB's on our way here. And, uh, he, he had just got a straight deck, uh, from, uh, Norris and it was the old Silverado and it was like a 78, uh, trailer, old trailer. But it's, you know, straight deck, and it's got the slats. And uh, I told Donnie, I said, if I ever win the lottery, I'm not going to tell anybody, but you'll know because I'm going to get a Peterbilt with a, maybe a Kenworth, I don't know. But it's going to have a straight deck with slats. Yeah. Not the round bubbles, but the slats. Like Frontier's got two of those. <laughs> Love them. And yeah. then I told, and we were in the trailer JB was showing us, and, and I said, there's, there's, I, I don't care. For, the, the reason I don't care for production is because of the time to vent arena. No, no offense to Tommy's, but like, there's nothing worse than like being on the production side of running timed event. Right. But it could be two in the morning, wherever you're at, and if you're pulling like bucking horses or bucking bulls, you pull over at a at a at a um, truck stop. There's nothing cooler than stepping out and seeing those horses in that trailer, like hauling stock in a big rig. Oh, I'm telling you, and that's that. It, thank you for knowing that because it was. Like, it was almost magical, you know, and I was like, I have made it. And then, once again, my family was like, have you made it? You're like, <laughs> like you're driving a, you're kind of uh, living in a, in Benny's driveway. You're a trucker, Rump. But it you're was, a trucker. it was so cool. Like, I, I, I don't, for all those days that I worked for Benny, I worked for him for a long time. Yeah. And there, I'm going to tell you, it's not, Benny's not always the easiest dude to work for. Like, right. I, he fired me at least once a month. Like he would, he'd be, and I, I would, he would go, get out of here. I'm not going to say all the words. Yeah. Get out of here. You're fired. 
I go, no, I'm not. <laughs> he goes, yes, you are. And I'd turn around and go, you're fired. And then that would make him so much more mad. Like, <laughs> I thought so many times How he... Would he... Was he like legitimately saying you're fired? Oh, yeah. In that moment? Yeah, he, he would get so mad. Like, I... <laughs> here's an example. At He had the rodeo in Tonganoxie, Kansas for a while, the Shriners rodeo. Shri- it's, that hospitality ain't for you. It's for the Shriners and their family. <laughs> And so we're there, and like I, like I said, I love working with bucking horses. And so, like when when I go to load, I got my my load card. I go in there and before, and I like call it slicing and dicing, you know. Yeah. Get my get my load order kind of stacked in the alley, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. So I would go in there, and you know, I'm looking at my card, and we had this we had this horse called Full Throttle 250, and that dude did not handle it all. He, he would do like the jump sideways thing. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just really sliding back there. I'm going to ease him out in the alley. Did, and did you? Did you have to? Did y'all head and tail him in the trailers? Oh yeah. And he, what was he like coming oh, by you? He you would know? ruin the stack. Yeah. Everything would be head and tail, and he'd do the head drop and go underneath <laughs> one side, and then spin him all around. And Benny would make us unload the whole trailer and do it all over. Twelve, twelve, and seven on that trailer, by the way. But um, he was just a terrible horse to handle. So I'd, I'd go in there real quiet, you know, and just do the. Just ease him, and here come Benny. It, we're, we're 30 minutes away from the perf, like maybe 40. I got time. Right. Load him! Load him! I'm like, Benny, I know what I'm doing. I said load him! You know, he gets pretty stirred up, so I just take this sorting stick, and Benny's behind one of them old, you know the old WW gates that don't lock, you know, with the pins where they're already kind of bent, like this is an older setup. He's behind the gate, and it's latched. I just take his sword and stick and hit that horse right on the butt. And this dude does the jump sideways thing, hits the gate. Well, it pops that latch and the latch flies and just smokes Benny, knocks him down. And then the horse runs over the top of him. And I'm like, I just killed a hall of famer. So I'm like, crap. So I turn around real quick. Then when he goes, Hey, when he starts getting around, I go, what happened? You know? And he's like, it's like he would get so mad it looked like he was going to break into two smaller bennies that were both going to start yelling at you and I got this sword and stick he goes give me that stick and I go why he goes because I'm going to kill you you're fired get out of here and I said I'm going to go sit in that truck until you come apologize and he goes don't I mean he's yelling until you come apologize so I go out this is a true story so I got to the parking lot and I sit in that Peterbilt and during the, right when the first bell racer came, he came and knocked on the door and said, I, hey, we all make, in the heat of the moment, we all make, see, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment, you make a mistake, see, I know, come help me load the bulls, biggin. All right. So. <laughs> that was his apology. Yeah. But, or like the one <laughs> uh, time. I was, where was that? Where did all that happen? That was at Tonganoxie, Kansas. But then at. My, my, my old man had, he picked up a little for Benny. He really worked for Charlie Thompson. Yeah. Most, but like him. And my uncle would go pick up for Benny and then sometimes Harry. But I think my I think Benny, when I talked to Benny about it, he remembers my uncle a little more than my old man. But anyway, so like I never really knew. <clears throat> he didn't work a lot, a lot. It was kind of just like if they had multiple rodeos going on, yeah. you know, he'd show up and pick up. But uh, I knew that he was like a hard ass, you know, growing up. Like that was what, when, when my old man was like coaching me on shoot procedure, 
just like anybody in rodeo these days, they use Benny as a, like, at this point, your ass getting ripped out of the bucket shoot by Benny, but, you know, like, he was just always the standard for, like, a, you know, a hard-ass shoot boss slash stock contractor. So, anyways, I was in Phillipsburg, Kansas, and he rode by, and I was in the bareback riding. <clears throat> I wasn't a bareback rider, but I was in the bareback riding, and uh, he rode by, and he was like, he said, pull him, and I was like, oh, okay. And uh, so I pulled this horse. And then he, uh, and then the grand entry starts. And I was like, man, this feels really early. And at the end of the grand entry, he was horseback in it. They introduced him and he came by and he was like, why in the, is this horse pulled? And I was like, that's what you said. You said, he's like, I said, roll him. Like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, dear Lord, here it comes. <laughs> and I guess just a wave of peace rolled over him. He was like, it's okay. Just, what? just roll him. <laughs> Well, then I got on the horse, and it was just like a horse that a lot of people turn out, and I think he just didn't care. You know, he was like, was this it brand 250? <laughs> Maybe. No. no. <laughs> it was a horse called Eclipse. Oh. You know Eclipse? Yeah, I do. Uh, bar 62, that <clears throat> horse would have been out of 74 Lusty Lady. Yeah. So, anyway, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't remember how many points. I rode the horse, but. Well, when you talk about the Super Series, the best, though, was that I ever saw was when I was just a trucker and Casey and Tilden were still pretty fresh in the game. Yeah. <laughs> They're at Tucson, and Tilden is getting on his horse, and he's just about to nod, and everything's going good. Like, I mean, he was quick. And Benny comes running up and goes, Get out of there! Get out of there! And Tilden pulls his hands out and jumps on the back of the chute and looks over and, like, winks at Casey. And Benny goes, well, what are you doing? And Tilden said, you told me to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hi, man, nod, you dumb. <laughs> yeah. But he, Benny was very intense to work for. Like, yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of hard days, like a lot. Yeah. But, you know, when, when you want a rodeo full time. Right. You have to just, you know, take the bumps and bruises and, and like, like that whole time I was still bulldogging and it was fun. But then this is where the whole deal went kind of crazy. And so, because I'm still trying to figure out how to get to the NFR and something, you know, and I actually did drive the semi out there to Las Vegas. And, uh, when I was working for Benny, when I bumped the sheet of the Thomas and Mac, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. This is, I've, this is, it's never going to get any better, you know, but right. There it was. Everyone's like, well, you're still a truck driver. And he's like, I don't have a room for a few days. You might just stay in the truck. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't care. So I'm staying in, in that Peterbilt and the it's parking lot. In December. The, yeah, I'm staying in the, in the in the sleeper at the parking lot at the uh, Gold Coast where they used to park the trucks. You know, and I'd go in there and hang out and drink beer and be like, hey, uh, see some of my buddies. Hey, you, get, you got a room? Hit that shower real quick. Like, you need a place to stay. I'm like, oh hell, I'm good. You know, yeah, I'm Campbell. But, but um, Benny, he the whole time working for Benny. After several years, I was like, you know, after like four years, I was kind of like, man, you know, maybe there is more to this. You know, like I was driving back and forth. Me and Ashley, we had bought a house and in Ponca City, we moved out of the basement, which it's kind of embarrassing when other your friends have houses and you're living in your in laws basement. So we'd bought a house and I'd. I'd made some money, but I wasn't rodeoing real hard, you know. And so uh, there was a bull riding um, in Pretty Prairie, Kansas. Not the rodeo, but the, they had right. a bull riding. Yeah. And so uh, that we took bulls to. And so they uh, 
the, the the guy that was supposed to clown it, like he left like an hour before because of a family emergency, just leaves. And I had tried clowning at Cody, not really. I just kind of filled in like a few nights. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So they're like, yeah, yeah, do it. So I just put on some shorts and I went out there and just, I just Chris Farley it because that's all I could think of to do. So like the whole time I just was the Chris Farley character. And I loved it. I got there and go, how's everybody doing tonight? Good, good, good. Like, and I just did it the whole time. And so afterwards, like the lady came up, she's like, oh my God, thank you. You were great. And she cuts me a check and I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, is this for real? <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm sorry. We just didn't have the budget we had last year. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like clowns, this is a thing? Like, get paid? And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, this this would be pretty cool because Benny, Benny uh, the, the compensation for <laughs> seven days of work, I mean, like, really, when you boil it down, uh, working for a stock contractor, there's no upper management. You're never, like, and, and I've said this before, and some of my stock contractor friends don't like it, but it's the truth. Like, unless you're the stock contractor on the card, you can't work your, the highest yeah. you're ever going to get is to be able to flank and drive a semi. Right. Like, there's no upper management. No matter how long you work for a, a stock contractor, you are just a worker. Right. And, and I mean, that's where I was. Like, I was like five years in with Benny, and, and, and he paid decent. But when you, when you look at the, the pay like Com compared to the work driving the truck for 14 at come to Tucson or coming here, being out here four days, driving straight to Tucson, unloading, driving back to the ranch in Elk city, sleep a night, reload, drive back to Tucson rodeo for nine days, load and drive straight <laughs> to Austin. When it, it works down to about $2 and 15 cents an hour. Sometimes like, yeah, cause yeah. you're never off the clock. Like you're, like I said, there's just no upper management. So I was like, wow, man. So I had got to know like everybody in those years working Absolutely. for Benny. And I'd been at San Antonio and Tucson and Austin yep. and Burwell. And so like at all those rodeos, I was always getting drunk and after the rodeos with the committee <clears throat> guys and cracking jokes and, you know, just my standard stuff, showing butt crack and doing the <laughs> underwear slides and stuff like that. And uh, so what, what, but what legend was it who was it that said like as rodeo cowboys we have a responsibility to spend time with the committees and and whatnot afterwards i don't remember gosh that. dang who was it man if i hadn't anyways i'll think of it and, yeah <clears throat> but like one of somebody said it's like it might have it, it might have been tough it might have been tough Hedeman. i but, could see that but it was like but they're 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 i i remember i think about it all the time because i personally didn't party a lot still don't you know but like we would try to i would try to make an effort to spend time back there you know afterwards because you know like these people put on this rodeo and it's their it's their one weekend a year where they mm -hmm. get to kick back and they get you know they're they plan for it all year they they prepare for it you know and then we all we we do it every weekend three or four times a weekend but when we show up to that town for them, it's like some a lot of those people. It's a once a year and party, they, and they work so hard. And they work the so year. hard, and then we are the quote unquote celebrities of mm -hmm. the show, and it's like so so they want that moment with us. Oh yeah, you know? and so when we get to let our hair down, so to speak, you know they 
anyhow, it, it, it must have been tough. I'll think about it, but it but it was like, hey, guys, you got a responsibility to, and it doesn't mean like you got to be a fool, you know, but like you, it's just part of like, it's kind of like, you know, signing autographs for a little kid that walks up. Yeah. You also spend time with the committees. and Well, and you know, when I was doing it, I didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just like, there's there's the same committee guys every rodeo. They're just different people, but they're, you got the, the one guy that maybe asks you too many times if you need anything guy. You have the parking yeah. lot guy. You have the mutton-busting guy. Yeah. You got, I mean, I was yeah. just hanging out with these people because... But, uh, but in production, so the difference would be like at a contestant, you, you blow in there and then you're going somewhere because you got to be somewhere the next day. Production, you set up camp and you're in that same spot for four or five days and you're going to hang out with those people not only at during the rodeo after the rodeo but all day running slack so yeah. like that's a little that's that's most a, of them a stay, bonus most of them even if they live a mile away they will bring a camper and stay right at the rodeo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know like you live together you so, know so here you are about to transition and you've got this foundation built with all these committees well yeah and that's cuz everyone's like how in the world did this clown deal happen i'm like 11 years in i still am blown away with it so I was like, man, this is a lot of money. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I was like, man, I think I could do this. So I'm telling Ashley, I'm like, man, you know, what What do you think? And she's like, man, you know, just whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just want a rodeo. And like, I didn't set out to be a clown. I never dreamed of being a clown. You know, I've got drawings in my office from when I was five years old of riding horses and bulls at the NFR. Like, right. But I was like, you know what? This may be something I could do. So I called um, Binion Servey, and um, he, I said, hey, I'm thinking about being a rodeo clown. I said, could you help me? And he said, yeah. He said, oh, he's never seen me clown, but I've known him. Right. So he, he gave me Sterling Kimmel, Yuma, Douglas, Wyoming, Clovis, New Mexico. <laughs> and then so I called Heath Stewart. You know, me and Heath went to college together, Frontier Rodeo, you know, because I lived, when I was in Alva, you know, I lived in Freedom. And so he, I said, Hey, I'm going to be a rodeo clown. Could you help me out next year? Sure. He, he said, if you come with me, I'll get you a Arcadia, Fort Pierce, Florida and Beaumont, Texas. And I'm like, dang. So then I called Dave Moorhead who at three Hills rodeo. I said, man, Dave, guess what? I'm gonna be a rodeo clown. He's like, Oh man, you should have been doing that long time ago. I said, could you help me get a couple rodeos? And he gave me Cedar Rapids, Moline, Illinois, Raleigh, North Carolina, St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, Columbus, Ohio in the winter. And I was like, what in the world? And so... And then, uh, of course, maybe Benny. Well, here's the deal. We kind of got sour. Once I... <laughs> this is this is all after this bull ride. It happened really fast. So you so, got 14 rodeos after this bull ride. Well, there was even more than that because... Um, I mean, like, I called somebody else. Survey oh, Frontier I, I and called, Three Hills. I called the Sutton family. In South Dakota. Oh, dang. And they're like, yeah, come on. Sam Andrews got me a belt in Texas in February that year. Uh, like, my first year, like, I booked, like, no joke, probably 28 rodeos in three days before I had a card. <laughs> so that's good. I got to get to that part here in a minute. So I was like, crap. And these were decent paying rodeos. I mean, the survey rodeos weren't the best. But, I mean, it was still, I was like, hey, this is a, this is a, a good like, man, I can make so much more. I can make as much money in a day as I did working almost 
14 days for Benny. So, <laughs> and I didn't have to go anywhere. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I called Benny and, uh, I didn't want to call him, you know? Right. Have you ever had to dump a girl and you don't want to, cause she's really nice and you've been together yep. for a while, but it's just better. Yep. And you don't know how to do it. Like I finally just called him. I'm like, Benny, look, I, I'm very sorry. And I appreciate everything you've done for me. And I'll be forever grateful, but I'm going to have to quit. And he was like, you know, good. <laughs> I mean, he was mad. He was so mad. And he's like, well, come help me for one more weekend. And so I was like, all right. So I go to uh, Vernon, Texas. And, and he is the meanest he's ever been to me there because I was quitting. And so uh, I took his credit card. And I went to Stripes, and I bought $700 worth of beer. <laughs> and uh, on the Butler & Son credit card I had for buying diesel for the semi. And I took that beer and, and had a party after the rodeo, my retirement party. And because uh, he was so mean, I'm like, screw him. And turns out he got pretty pissed off a few weeks later when he gets the uh, $700 beer tab on his credit card. And so he, we didn't talk for about six months. He was he was Dang. pretty pissed off. and. And he should have been. It was dumb. I mean, I had so I had a similar uh, feeling phone call with Sammy Andrews because I wanted to just ride, but I was also working for him and James and fighting bulls. And I like sweated the phone call for months. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't work for him for five years, but I remember I finally. I remember it like all day. The day I was like, I have to call him now, you know, because it's it was the worst it was feeling. Like, it was after Belton, you know, but then, so they had a little break before spring rodeos, you know, clean and all them start up for him. And I was like, and so finally I called him and Sammy, Sammy doesn't talk much at all. Andrews, like, you know that, oh, but yeah. like, uh, <clears throat> he can get to be a hard ass if he needs to. And he will, but he's not, he's, if anything, he's just more quiet most of the time. But, uh, so I was just nervous just because. I guess just in his silence, it, it can sometimes be intimidating, you know. And uh, and I've learned since that usually it, bosses are intimidating, period, because when you go to talk to them, you either need something or you got a problem. Mm -hmm. So, like, you you know, if like a normal human being doesn't necessarily want to take that to someone. So, mixed on top of that, if there's somebody like Benny or they're just, like, really quiet and intimidating like Sammy Andrews, you know, you can imagine how it felt. It's the and, quiet ones you got to watch. Right, yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> I called him, and he was like, oh, well, that's all right. Just be sure and enter our rodeos. Come ride at ours. And I was like, okay. You waited. I was worried Dude, about that. Dude, I was worried sick. And then he was just a sweetheart, like he always is. And so, yeah, and, and James, James and I are tight. We're like this right here. That's me on top. But, yeah, James <laughs> and I, we've always been. And so has Sammy and I. You yeah. Know? And uh, – but anyways, that was I had that similar phone call, but it, it, the outcome was a little different. Well, yeah, I, I also didn't blow seven hundred dollars on his car, credit card either. So. That was dumb. But like you know, Benny, I will tell you this: I I, I love Benny, I do. And um, there was a lot of times when we'd have all these other guys working for us, and we never really got quality people working for us. Um, and. Pretty much, not very many people want to run the D rig and shoot in Phillipsburg, Kansas. It's a for hard fifty dollars a day. It's a hard sell for employees, but like there'd be half times he'd be yelling, yelling at me, 
And I wouldn't even done anything. I'm like, say what? And he's just yelling at me. And I said, Benny, one day I said, why don't you yell at all these other dipsticks? I said, how come, you know, I'm, I've been out here longer than anybody. I'm working my tail off and I care about your stock. I care about your equipment. Yeah. How come I get the, the worst of this? And he goes, because I love you. He says, I want you to be better. He goes, I could give a crap about anybody. He didn't say crap, but he goes, I could give a crap about any of these. He said, these other guys ain't going nowhere. He goes, I care about you. I said, well, care less, dude. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but, but it was pretty shaky for six months, yeah. maybe seven. Yeah. He, was, he was really upset. So what year was it that you booked the 28? This was in 2011 or 2010. I booked him for 2011. So then I was like, well, I guess I better get a PRCA card, you know, because yeah. that whole yeah. little formality. Yeah, a little bit of. <laughs> so I was like, crap. Minor roadblock we've got here. <laughs> so I called uh, Mike Greenleaf, who's a really, really good friend of mine, who has an amateur rodeo company in Kansas, uh, Medicine River Rodeo. He's a, Mike's, Mike and Patrick are great people. If you ever get a chance to go to one of their rodeos, like they got good stock. Like they really try and put on a good rodeo. So I called Mike. I'm like, Hey, could I come clown Greensburg, Kansas? He's like, we got a guy. I'm like, no, I'm going to come clown your rodeo because I got to get evaluated for my PRCA card. And Mike's like, Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I guess. So Mike had to call the other guy and tell him not to come. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I got it all set up. Well, you know, you're supposed to get five right. rodeos. Yeah. You give them like, and then they're going to show up blindly at one of them. Yeah. You don't know which one. So I, I had talked to the, uh, our event rep, which I've known. You knew forever. a guy who knew a guy, you know? So I talked to our clown rep and I'm like, Hey, uh, I, I'm going to get evaluated here. And so I'm like, if you need an evaluator, you know, I, I can help line that out. He's like, well, you can't know the person coming to evaluate you. Well, we've been in the rodeo business since the 40s. Like, if you have a rodeo in Kansas, there's going to be somebody that I know. And he's like, well, well, who, you know, we'll, we'll have to find somebody. I'm like, well, there's, here's all these people. You know, Smet said he would come. And, you know, so I'm like right. dropping names. And I, I had uh, Bob Tallman, Rob Smets, and Liesl Harris signed for my card. Yeah. So like, I'm like, that, shoe do in. We, do we really have to do this? So right. anyhow, I'm like, man, this would be great. So. I go to that first perf and, and they say, yeah, we get, we sent an evaluator. And felt like I got along pretty good. I got on a bucking horse in my clown gear. You know, I used to do that all the time. I got some pictures on my phone, but that was my, one of my clown acts. So I didn't have any acts because I just kind of bailed into it. I didn't even have clown paint. Like at first, like I'd be like, Hey, you guys fighting bulls. That's cool. Hey, uh, how about some of that paint, you know? <laughs> and, and I didn't, I didn't really have anywhere to stay. And so uh, I would just wait till everybody left and then drive out to the back corner and sleep in my pickup because I didn't want anybody to know that I didn't have any money for a rig. And so uh, I'm like, man, this is cool. I got my card, you know, because by the time this all rolled around, I had a rodeo in three weeks at Clovis, New Mexico. That was my first pro rodeo. So I call him like, yeah, did everything go good? I got turned down for my card. Oh, dang. Yeah. And this is in 2011. They said, yeah, we just don't think that you're cut out for – PRCA and you know you're not you're not quite good enough yet but don't you know don't get down we're gonna you know you can apply again I'm like uh uh oh call Mike he's got another road next week I'm like I'm in a pickle I'm like I'll do it for free I've got to get evaluated again he's like all right well, come on so I went to another rodeo and I passed 
my valuation that time. That was in 2011, and I won Clown of the Year in 2012. <laughs> so, why, did, why the hell didn't they pass you that first? I time? have no idea. I have no what'd idea. What'd you do different the second time? Nothing. And that was, but you know what? When I was, I was devastated when I <clears throat> found out that I didn't get my card. I was like, I am so screwed. I've booked all these rodeos, PRCA rodeos with no card, and I'm like, I, I just honestly, I just, that's the the first time I thought, man, I should just quit. Yeah. And I was like, I, I should just get an apartment, work at the cell barn. You know, I'm like, yeah, what have I done? But then I'm like, you know what? No, I want to rock. We're going to do this. So I went back and I got my card in 2012. I won clown of the year and I was the alternate for the NFR, which was the ultimate. In, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that year, uh, I tried to pay Benny back and he, he wouldn't let me pay him back. He said, you'll come work it off. And I went to his place and I hauled eight loads of hay from Elk City, Oklahoma to Austin, Texas in his semi for free to work off the, the 700. So, I mean, then after that, it just just blew up. Like, I, all these rodeos, I don't even know how it happened, really. It happens so fast. But, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm rodeoing full-time. I got to work the NFR. I got – I'm more blessed than anybody as far as rodeos going because – like, man, my, my winter schedule, Denver, Rapid City, San Antonio, Austin, San Angelo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> pretty booked. And I, I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just saying, like, I just, I never, I never wanted to do anything but rodeo. And while it's, clowning is maybe not where I thought I would be. That's a pretty cool gig. That's a pretty because I win every perf. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy just because like thinking about, I don't know. When you get off into this sport, you realize how passionate people are about it, and like that story is the epitome of that because it's like you start off riding Bronx and then you're steer wrestling, and then you're willing to work for Benny Butler doing all the things, driving a truck, and it's just like you're just. <clears throat> you're immersed in the sport no matter what and you just never quit but it, it's just crazy how <clears throat> these guys probably get tired of hearing me say it but kind of two one principle is like leaning in on your strengths and then a way to do that whenever you're kind of moving forward in life is like uh, a friend of mine said you pour water on a table and see where it goes you know and your table was rodeo and you just kind of it took you a while but you kind of just see watched to see where it went and then it finally went in the direction of this clown deal yeah and then you just went there and then you follow it yeah and you know and i feel like that even though like i feel like sometimes i wish people that didn't know me because of the cowboy channel i get a lot of hate what yeah people the old school people that just sit and watch the cowboy channel 24 hours a day i don't blame them i'm on there every like last year i worked 92 percent of my performances were televised and what, 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 what would they have to say? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Boy, I wish the clown would shut up. And, uh, I think the kiss cam stupid. I'm not even charged of the kiss cam or, you know, I get a message. Of, I think you need to change your stuff up. You said the same thing last week. Well, guess what? Last week I never worked Weatherford, Texas. I've, oh, I've never yeah. worked Lehigh, Utah. Like I, I, you know, like, so these rodeo people, not rodeo people of any significance, but. Like right. The, uh, there's a Canadian bronc rider who's 75 that I finally had to block because, I mean, he was my ultimate troll. Like, he said <laughs> some mean stuff. He's like, I hope you have a heart attack in the arena and die. 
Oh, like, shoot. Just, just some stuff like that. But like people that rodeo, that used to rodeo, that don't know me, you know, I wish they could know how much I love rodeoing. Because yeah. even to this day, like I can tell you, I can tell you numbers. I can't remember important crap. Yeah. I don't know my mom's birthday. Right. I, I can't remember. But anything. you know whose mare fold I d- eclipse. I do. I, I was saying about you know her one. brand and her name. When Brody, when Brody Crest come walking up, I'm like, man, there's Brody Crest. I remember when he drafted Womanizer in 20, 2020 before COVID hit at San Antonio and was 90 points to win San Antonio. I remember that stuff. I remember when Bobby Moe got slammed here in San Antonio off of um, Showstomper Frontiers. Showstomper's number is 601. Like, I, I love this. I love rodeoing. And the yeah. contestants and everything, I don't, I think sometimes people outside of the rodeo box want to put, well, you're just a dumb clown. But like these contestants, like, you know how it is. Like, we're all friends. Like, I love these guys. And, right. and you know, like Tim O'Connell last night come up and he's like, man, it's just always good to see you. Like, just, there's so many friendships uh, that I've got to be a part of. And, and I, I just, I just wish that people would know that about me. Like, man, look, I'm not trying to, I'm just doing my job as a clown. Yeah. But like, I truly, when I'm in, and that's one thing that I do wrong sometimes clowning, I get to watching. Yeah. And I'm like, oh crap, wait. Oh, oh yeah. 100%. I need to get back to it. Cause yeah. I'm, uh, and cause you're a fan of the sport. Yeah. I love it, man. It's and especially here at San Antonio has been great. Like Stetson, right? That dude, stupid good. Right. Like I almost don't like him cause he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he's just such a good kid. He was 92 the other night. Right. And, I saw that. And, um, of course, you know, going back to the hater deal. My God, that's not a 92. I've been watching bronc riding forever. And, well, you know, Ugh. if you wear a blue shirt and you're from Utah, they're going to mark you 90. Shut up. Just yeah. enjoy the rodeo, man. Like, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm still good friends with a lot of the steer wrestlers. You know, there's not many of my g- generation left, but like Hunter Kieran, Blake Miniman, and, <laughs> and some of those guys. But, you know, the bull riders are always fun to hang out with. And we, you know, when, like, I on a normal year, I'll work 200 and some performances. Like, I, I don't hit 100 by the time I get through the winter schedule. And uh, I'm taking a little time off this year just to, you know, because my my kids are rodeo now. Oh, God. Dang. Yeah. And so, like, I want to do more stuff with my family. And, and they well, go with me quite a bit. But It's crazy, like, thinking about haters. Somebody said once, uh, a guy that I follow, just kind of inspirational slash um, <clears throat> motivational type speaker, he was like, he always talks about like not caring what anybody thinks, but if you are going to take any sort of um, advice or maybe uh, constructive criticism, it should be from those closest to you, which makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, people in a comment section, they have no idea. Like they don't know how, oh. how you treat your wife behind the scenes and how much you care about your kids and your family and what you've been through to just make sure that you are in a rodeo arena. You know, they don't see all that. But, like, so, for instance, if, like, <clears throat> Leroy was to come to me or Donnie, you know, or maybe Kevin, if Kevin talked any. Yeah, could you uh, keep <clears throat> it down the corner? <laughs> <laughs> if they were to say, hey, man, I've been wanting to tell you about this thing that you've been doing or saying or acting like, my ears need to perk up, you know. But if Steer Rider Pants 47... In the comment section, <laughs> is like, that a real name? You, you, uh, it used to not be, 
And then, like I say it so many times, and now there is oh. an actual steer rider pants. And oh my goodness! <laughs> anyway, uh, whenever they're in the comments section saying, "Hey, listen, you wig wearing asshole, like you, you this, 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 and this," like they don't know me. Yeah. You know? But the other thing I noticed too is like, hey, on that particular post, there's 34 comments, and one of them is steer rider pants. I need to pay attention to the other 33. Yeah, that's that's where <laughs> like I I will admit that is my my weakness yeah like i see i get get so much hate though like i get like i there's no way more people (laughs) dislike you than the people that dislike me but doesn't that bug like it bugs me it it used to bug me real bad real bad but and i've just i've gotten thicker skin because again like the people closest to me are the biggest, my biggest fans. Right. The, the ones, like the better someone gets to know me, the more of a fan they become of me. Now, I'm not singing my praises. Like, I'm, I'm still an asshole. I'm a piece of shit. Like, I've got plenty. Like, I'm a sinner. A hundred percent. Right. I'm not saying I'm, but I'm, but like, when you go to like critiquing me on the internet, you have no idea anything about me outside of the nine videos you've watched, which actually puts you in the fan column ironically you know i'm not gonna take your hate into consideration yeah and i've i've got to get better about that like my my mental my mental like hambo and um you know my best friend he's like who cares yeah. like somebody puts on there like man that music you know he's a music director of course right uh you know somebody could put on there man that music sucks it sounds like guys are at a rave i don't know why they play that rodeo and Hamble, Hambone's like, <laughs> look at that. I'm like, someone, you know, puts on me. I wish that fat damn clown would shut his damn mouth. And we're trying to watch. I'm like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> so so <laughs> how did you say that? Okay, so that might be that might be one different, you know, like, because with, my, with what I do, there's a lot of instances where even I know that, like, I'm kind of asking for it, especially if someone doesn't get the joke. Steer Rider 40, Steer Rider Steer Pants Rider 47. Pants. Steer Rider Pants underscore 47, he doesn't get the joke. You know what I'm saying? It goes over his head. So he's going to throw shade. With you and Hambone, you guys are like artists, and you're, 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 it's like a very serious profession. You are a clown wearing clown paint, but on the other hand, like, <clears throat> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what you're doing and what you're, and, and so, like, I could see, like, how you might take it different. I guess I come to expect it, maybe. Well, and then too, I don't think a lot of people understand the extreme production of most of these rodeos, like especially at this rodeo right here. I mean, we're in two meetings a day, right? And I mean, if you if you go look at that, their switch room just for the big screens. Yeah. So I'm literally wearing an earpiece, and so my production guy is Kyle. So I literally I know I go out during the steer during the steer wrestling. Okay, so in my ears, like, all right, Rump, after this next tier wrestler, uh, start walking down the fence. Yeah. Okay, we're going to come to you in three, two, one for five seconds and go. How's everybody feeling, San Antonio? All right, cut it off, Rump. We're going back. Okay, roll video two. All right, cool. So, like, I'm not making the choice. Like, because, I, I, I mean, like, I got a message the other day. It's like, I really wish you'd do away with the kiss cam, you know. They, <laughs> you think I'm the president of this rodeo company? Colgate paid twenty. <laughs> Colgate paid twenty five thousand dollars. They sponsored that for twenty five thousand dollars. Now contractually, you have to have four people on that kiss cam 
every performance. Okay. Right. I don't know. I'm not that guy. I, I literally am just doing my job, but it's crazy to me how many people that watch the Cowboy channel that think like I have some magical, like, yeah, like who's this guy? Like all of a sudden there's just a clown in the room. What? And the production crew's like, what's he doing? I ah, just leave him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, there's a, a, a boob grab incident uh, from a few nights ago on the kiss cam uh, where a guy, you know, they put it up in the kiss cam and, and he reaches over and grabs her boob and, you know. Does he know her? I, well, yeah, I mean, she took it pretty well, but <laughs> the old, you know, and then, uh, of course, uh, people on and I've, I've, I've quit reading it for the last few days because it's bugged me, but can you believe the clown did that? Did that? His kiss cam is getting out of control. Oh, and then we did a promotion for, uh, you know, for Bud Light's the sponsor of the, the big screen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they say after the kiss cam, let's just do other cams because, you know, during the tie-down rope and they want stuff going on. And and so uh, let's go with the beer chug cam. So, all right, cool. This would be great. I'm like, you know what, everybody? Uh, I know a couple things about Texas. Texans love H-E-B, Whataburger, Dr. Pepper, and drinking beer. I'm like, if you got a beer, let's go to the Bud Light Beer Chug Cam, which shows like some young guys, and they're standing up, and, and then it shows like an older lady, and she chugs her beer, and it's hilarious, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so that's not me. That's not my idea. I'm just the guy with the mic. And right. I wish I would have screenshotted it. Uh, but I get this message. How dare you try to glamorize binge drinking at a family event? <laughs> and it's not somebody that was at the event. It's somebody watching on the Cowboy Channel. Yeah. So I asked the CEO of this rodeo, uh, this uh, San Antonio averages 15,000 people a night. We had 13,000 on Super Bowl Sunday night. Dang. So they average 15,000 people a day at this rodeo. And I said, can I ask you a question? I said, how many complaints do you get about the clown or the the music at the rodeo he said we've had none not one wow. not one Stu pearson who uh is the switch operator for the sending to the cowboy channel and for anybody that doesn't know they, there's no cowboy channel crew there's nothing the cowboy channel all it is is the live feed from the right, rodeo right 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 it's not made for tv it's literally yeah. The live the feed. rodeo. It's like you're there. They've had 2,000 complaints <laughs> from people at home. And <laughs> do you know the biggest complaints? And I know this because... Uh, but how many people are watching, though? That's 2,000 out of what size crowd do you think? So they, the demographic is, they say that 200,000 people have the Cowboy Channel. 79,000 actively watch it. 79,000. 70, okay. Yeah, between that... And then the Cowboy Channel app's a whole different deal. But so 2,000 people that were not at the rodeo are complaining. And the biggest complaints that not just San Antonio, but these rodeos get the mutton busting, the kiss cam, and sing-alongs. This, and the thing is like the, the crowd at San, and I don't mean this the way it's going to sound, but the crowd at San Antonio, when it's over, we go sign autographs up top. Right. And I do, I do this every night because I I I want to know. I ask every night. Do you like the rodeo? Yeah, who's your favorite cowboy? Um the the, the one guy or <laughs> you know on on the night that Stetson was 92. What was your favorite part? Was it Stetson right? 
which one was he? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't mean that rude, but no, the thing yeah. of it is, like, the kiss cam, the sing-alongs, the, the dance cam, the all that stuff. Yeah, the old lady drinking a beer was their favorite part. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, remember. that's all, like, we are at a rodeo, yes, but this is also entertainment. These people, I mean, do you realize what it takes to get into a big winter rodeo as far as, like, you park, you pay 30 bucks, right? Yeah. Then you walk, like, Two miles. Three three miles, it seems like. Then you get there. Then you buy a cheeseburger for 12 bucks, and you buy a couple beers. If you take your family, man, you're at $300. Right. Easy. Yeah. Easy. So, you know, like, man, these fans are paying the money, and, and they're wanting to see this. We got to entertain because, honestly, yeah. like, if you take away the sound and yep. you get the, the, the sound, by God, I thought we were at rodeo, not at a rock concert. We get that yeah. nonstop. But you take away the sound. You take away the clown. You take away all the stuff. Guess what you have? Slack. Slack. Yeah. And guess what? Slack. Nobody goes to Slack is free. <laughs> you yeah. can go to Slack for free at most rodeos. And guess what? There's nobody there. And I don't mean that rude because I love rodeo. But like at the same time, if we are going to keep rodeoing into the future, like we, we can't, we can't sit back and play. All right, let's go to shoot. Number one. Here's old Bill Johnson. Bing, 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 ding, 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 ding. You know, you got to have the pyro. You got to have the, you got to have the punch factor. hundred percent. You know, because, and we're in, a, we're in a different venue everywhere we go. Like things that work in San Antonio might not work in Abbeville, Kansas. And, the, you know, a rodeo in, in uh, San Angelo, it's not going to be the same as rodeo at Cal Poly. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. so we, we have to do things completely different because, um, you know, most of these buildings, like our first, all the VIPs around the front, most of these people, this is the only performance they'll see all year. They're not trying to follow <clears throat> Tough Cooper. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we we want to educate them as far as like with our announcers and, and uh, you know, we want to stat them. But at the same time, it seems to me most people are j- just there because they want to be entertained. They, they want to watch the buck-offs. They yeah. want to see the great rides. But at the same time, they're not... As a clown, if you walk into the arena and everybody on the front row is holding a day sheet and a pencil, you're screwed because no one's going to laugh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But these right. are not day sheeters. These are, they, they sell wine at this rodeo. <laughs> and every lady in the front row has got on it like a 900 pair. You've been on the front row here. Right. They've had $900 boots. They have their boutique outfit on. The guys beside them has like the weird jeans that there's not really even a brand on, but they're kind of stonewashed. And the, you know the hat, the pre-shaped hat, yeah, with with their beer, you right. know. So, I mean, like, I don't know. When when I think about it, it's like I just wish that the the people at home, the older generation, like Clay Tom Cooper and Byron Walker and those guys that just hate on everything. Like, man, I, there's a lot of things I don't like in rodeo, but guess what, man? If we're gonna be a part of this, we got to roll with the changes. Yeah, you know we can't we can't stop and go. Well, rodeo's been good to this point. See you later, everybody. You know, what I mean, yeah, yeah. if and and I, I feel like it's gotten rodeo's gotten big. Like my kids going to those youth rodeos, which I didn't even want my kids to rodeo. I want to play golf or do something. But like my little boy, out of nowhere, we spend two months rodeoing with JB this last summer, and now we're entering junior junior rodeos and the calf ride. You know, and my <laughs> girls are running barrels and and but like even Bandy in his seven to nine calf row calf riding at the little junior rodeo in Kingman, Kansas, 
There's 48 kids. Dude, it's coming. In the seven to nine. It's coming. There was 528 contestants at a junior rodeo. Not not runs. And that was in in where? Kingman, Kansas. Kansas. Right. Yeah. I didn't I mean, there's not very many towns with five hundred plus people in Kansas. I know. You know, so like I think that and I talked about this uh on the last couple of podcasts I went on as a guest that <clears throat> we did the the show we did was based on they're like, What do you want to do a show about? And I said, I get probably forty or fifty messages a day from people saying how do I get started rodeoing? How do I get started ranching? How do I get started riding bulls? Just all the time. And I would just copy and paste like rodeo school websites and send them, you know. And then <clears throat> to people wanting to get started ranching, I would say, go work somewhere for free. But <laughs> essentially, though, what I'm getting at is like, you know, Chris Ledoux's song, you just can't see him from the road, mm-hmm. you know. Well, now because of the internet, you can see us from the road. Oh yeah, but and that's as that's a fact. There are people that are are living in cities that had no idea this life existed. And and yes, in the eighties, nineties, even before then, you know, you had western movies, and that's what people that's where their knowledge of what a cowboy or a rodeo cowboy looked like and should be. That's where it came from. Period. Well, then the internet came along, and uh, you got goobers like. Dale Brisby making content and uh, and now all of a sudden these people are like, oh, that's what's going on out there. And uh, that has slowly become, you know, and then you get the wreck videos that go that go viral, you know, people that guys steer wrestling that uh that uh big, big Hereford, Hereford cat, yeah. you know, stuff like that goes around and people are like, Whoa, this is interesting. And my point is that I believe over the next five, six, seven years that we're going to all experience growth. Mm-hmm. And what's important is how we handle it. So yeah. when they, they're going to start coming to, you're going to have 13,000 people show up on Super Bowl Sunday because they're more interested in this rodeo now than they are the Super Bowl. And and now I'm not, I'm not saying that like, <clears throat> whatever, I'm not trying to throw shade on the Super Bowl, whatever. If you watch that, that's great. But the point is, is like, we've got attention. And I don't think, like, I think that, like, I'll have an impact with videos. But one example I gave is, like, we've all been there where you sit down, whether you're on a plane or you're in a restaurant or whatever, and you sit down next to somebody and you start having a casual conversation with a stranger and they're like, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a rodeo clown, blah, blah, blah. And they have, there's that moment where they're like, you can tell that they're on the fence. Yeah. It's like. They're not against it. They're not necessarily for it. They just don't know. And they might even ask, oh, do they really tie it around their jelly beans? Like, well, no, some of them are mares and they don't even have jelly beans for it to be tied around, you know. But whatever, the point is, is in that moment, you have an opportunity to be an advocate to someone who's on the fence. And those are the moments when our industry really starts taking advantage of them is uh, that's what's going to make an impact because you're not going to convince somebody who works for an organization that's trying to ban rodeo. Yeah. Like you, maybe one day if you find yourself stranded on an island and you can like for six days where you can have a good conversation with that person who's passionately against what you, rodeo, like maybe you can convince them. But more so what's going to happen is all those people on the fence who don't have an opinion, if they can learn, you know, 
how passionate you are and how much you do care about animals and you know you can dispel some of those myths now all of a sudden you know they're calling their buddy who has a cousin who owns a horse and they get that picture with the horse ears um because it's cool they're not going to make a profession out of rodeo or ranching but they might buy a ticket to a rodeo well yeah and rodeos overall i mean okay so here and i know this yesterday because they told me just here at san antonio but Coming off last year at San Antonio was their COVID year, so they could only take fifteen hundred people. Yeah, the, it was in Freeman. Wasn't in Freeman, Tennessee. Yeah. So going into it, they knew they were going to lose four million dollars. Okay, they knew that wow. going into it. They said, "You know what, though, we need to have this for our community," and so they pushed through. And even this year, coming off a of COVID year, they're only six percent behind their biggest year ever, which was twenty nineteen. Wow. So the people are coming out and, and like the one guy, in the front row the other night, he goes, I come to one rodeo a year. He said, I can go to uh, Spurs games all year, but there's only one San Antonio rodeo. So I, and, and I know this is dumb, but I'm gonna put this out there. I honestly think too, like when you're talking about the Western way of life, because I've seen it around my hometown, like around Pawhuska because of the pioneer woman, you know, and the Drummond ranch, like people, they bring in busloads of ladies, older ladies daily to Paul Huska to yeah. witness the Osage, which we've all been hanging out there our whole lives. But, you know, I mean, now we have people coming, but like Yellowstone, right? Like in Ponca City, they have this deal called the uh, Winter Gala, which is just like adult prom. Yeah. And like ever since Yellowstone came out, like all these bankers and like the guys that work at Bob Hurley Dodge and have are not rodeo people. They're all wearing like really nice cowboy hats now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... Some of it too. I mean, it's kind of making it love like, it. You yeah. know, love it. People are kind of liking the. It ain't hurting it. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, most of those people are not going to make a career out of it, but it will make them fans and at least give them some insight into like what actually happens. Right. Because what happened, and, and then you find you know the media they'll like to exploit any sort of like tragedy or one-off event that sometimes happens so you they'll find something on the internet of one exception to the rule one hole who doesn't treat animals right and then they blanket statement the whole industry yeah. well that's not the industry you know no i mean <clears throat> but like, you go look at those calgary bronx or, or any horses here holy smokes like they're them bucking horses you can see yourself in their hair yeah them yeah. dudes are shiny and like dr ben espy who's just an amazing vet you know, he runs the whole veterinary deal. He's been a pro rodeo vet of the year, but like, and all these rodeos, like that's what's so cool about the bucket horses. And even in the ABBI deal, you know, like they have at the ABBI event, they have bull chiropractors. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, like I, I've, <laughs> I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to, when I was, uh, when I worked the deal in Enid, not clowning, when I was just working, uh, I ran the back pins there and, uh, for the gold card classic and Enid. And I put up a sign that said a uh, bull psychic and yeah. uh, on the board, I'm like, is your bull not bucking? Call me and I'll come out and give him a reading. I got three calls. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I'm not kidding you. And I was like, wow. I, I find I was like, guys, that, that was a, that was a joke. Like, <laughs> nobody thought it was funny, but that's you know, hilarious. The, the, that's one thing I think that I wish that people would know is, Man, how much these animals mean a lot to us. I mean, when when you think about like 
when Craig at midnight died of Powder yeah, Rivers, yeah, yeah. man, that that shocked her family. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Pearl Harbor, yo, that was like a that was a that was a shook the whole industry. Yeah, I mean, and so <coughs> just uh, there is so much love because when you spend every moment, and when I, when I look back on my Butler days, I, I spent more time with those bucking horses and bulls than I did people. Yeah, and when when you know when you go from place to place, it's like traveling with your family. You know, like you, you, you know, their manners and we can't put these two together cause they'll fight, and, right. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, just when, when you're, when that's your people, like you, you become very attached, you know? Um, so how did rumps rump chat start and what are your plans with it? Man, that was another deal that just came out of nowhere. Like I, I, I don't know why good things happen to me, but God's been so good to me. Like, <laughs> like all this stuff just happens. Like, and I don't even know, but, uh, Aaron Ferguson, who started the BFO, uh, Aaron is a good friend of mine. He fought bulls at the finals twice. And when he came down from Canada, when we still had the rodeo company, my dad was producing rodeos with Jerome Robinson at the world's, uh, not the world's toughest rodeos, but Western Trails Rodeo Company when we had, you know, several of it. The Wrangler Pro Rodeo Classic, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, so Fergie, he came down and stayed with us uh, for, you know, because growing up in the rodeo, industry you always had like four people that you didn't know staying in your bunk bed you know so yeah growing up but ferg come down and we we were good friends and and um we've been buddies for a while and so i never even heard of a podcast like man i'm i'm not techie like right i, I don't I, I this is an iphone 5 like you know i'm behind but ferg's uh i was driving to prescott and ferg he's like dude what year what is he, this this is uh three years ago yeah this is in 19. Yep. Before the world ended. I thought it was before then. No, like we're on year three right now. And so, yeah, it was 19. And so he, uh, Ferg calls and he's like, Hey, uh, you ever, what's your favorite podcast? What? Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. He's like, it's just like you listen to it and people just talk. I'm like, that sounds dumb. <laughs> so then, uh, so my wife's like, no, she had like some podcasts she listened to. So I listened to the podcast, uh, I forget. Oh, it was one of those comedians. Uh, he was on Without a Paddle. He's tall and skinny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking I don't know. He was, and I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. So, Ferg, he's like, hey, you know what? You you and Hambone should do one of these things. And I was like, all right, I guess. So, you know, Hambone's like, hell yeah, let's do it. All right. So, then we get to Prescott, and Hambone's running the music. And so, he just goes and just buys, like, all this stuff. Right. It was like mega expensive. I'm like, this is dumb. And so Ferg's like, all you guys got to do is just record you guys being you. So like, all right, cool. So like we recorded three before we let one out because we're like, let's just get some beer and let's just talk. Well, it, the first three were pretty bad, like a little too much beer. And oh, you mean like words and a little bit outside of PG 13. Yeah. So I'm sure it was great conversation though. It really was. And so we we're like, all right. So we put, we finally put one out in July at Estes park was our first one. And we're like, how cool that'd be if we get a hundred downloads. And so we watched, I'm like, no one's getting, this is dumb. Cause him, I was like, let's do another one. I'm like, why? And so Ferg was like, well, you can make money with this because I, I want to have an end game. Like yeah. I love clowning. Right. But when I want to be done, I don't want to do a retirement tour. I don't want to. Yeah. I want to, you know, pace, you know. Yep. And so I was like, man, you know, maybe if this can make some extra money. 
And so we got like a hundred downloads in like two days. I'm like, damn, yeah. <laughs> like, can you believe that? Right. And then it kind of got more and more and more. And, and then, uh, that year, the, like it, every episode started getting more, more downloads. I was like, wow. So then we got some sponsors and we started making a little money. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And so we, my mom hated it bad. She still does. She's, you know, some like I sometimes, and I'd say on there too, I'm like, man, I need to watch my mouth, but it's not for kids. But we tell, we, we tell the real, real story. You know, we don't, there's too many cookie cutter stories. I, I, I hate, and that's one reason I'm glad we're doing it. Cause I hate, um, you know, podcast where it's not hey talk about your summer rodeo well you know i i got some good bronx this yeah, summer the cliche like, stuff yeah, yeah like all the stuff so i'm like i want to know like getting in fights and drinking beer and dipping yeah, snuff getting and, fired by benny butler yeah you <laughs> know like i want to know the real stories behind the music i know that yeah i love rock docs dude i watched the one with aerosmith when they're talking about when steven tyler and and uh when he was all messed up and then he got in a fight with his band and like right before the, one of their shows, he just takes off walking across the parking lot and like all this stuff. So I'm like, uh, Steven, how was your uh, tour? Well, it was really good. We played sweet emotion several times this year. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, man, I want this, I want this to be, uh, something, you yeah. know, like I want to tell these stories because man, I love like one thing I love so much about rodeo is just driving my truck by myself and just listen to rock and roll just as loud as I can. Yeah. I love rock and roll. And I'm like, I just, I want to have a rock and roll podcast. That's why, you know, I've always been a fan of Motley Crue. And even before it was cool, I got a, my fifth grade picture at home. I got on a Motley Crue t-shirt. I had on a polo and I, um, one of the guys that drove a truck for us bought me a Motley Crue t-shirt and my mom didn't like it because (laughs) it said shout at the devil, which is shout at the devil, not with the devil. It's actually an anti-devil song. And I got to school and I took my polo on and I put that Motley Crue t-shirt on. And in my yearbook, I actually have the Motley Crue t-shirt on. But, but, you know, that's like the rump chat with the Motley Crue uh, deal. And so we started doing it and kept doing it. And just it's gotten bigger and bigger. And, and, you know, how many total episodes have y'all done? We've done 96 and we're about to a million downloads. So heck yeah. uh, Yeah. It's and we're doing some rump chat raws. We're on the raws. They are pretty raw. But how many raws? Three. We've done three. We did one with JB and Sage together. Yeah, listen which to that, that one, one was awesome, and then we did one with uh, Boyd Paul yep. Amos talking about uh, the whole NFR debacle of him and manager, and we just did one with world champion steer wrestler Jacob Edler, which he is <laughs> that dude's pretty cool. I mean, but they so are. Would you, what if you do like a throwback and put your first three in the raw? They could be raw because they were pretty raw, but you know, like. It's I'm I'm not proud of a lot of stuff, but I <laughs> I'll tell the stories you know yeah. like because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it didn't happen you know like so many people are like why would you say that I'm like because I don't care it happened like I every day I want to be a better person you know especially with my kids like you know and I, I said that on room chat the other day I'm like man I'm really trying to watch my mouth because when you rodeo full time it's pretty hard not to cuss right in the arena never a problem yeah I can go into that perf and not say a yeah. bad word. But when I step out, I'm really trying to work on my language because I don't want my kids to say it, you know? And yeah. They're eight, but, like, well, you know, when Bandy gets bucked off, calf and goes, shit, don't say that, dude. Yeah. Will you say it? Ugh. 
Well, I should. So, I don't know. I get it. Like, I've kind of just got, I'm back and forth on that. Just because, like, I know that, like, it's kind of a gateway. You know, if you if your if your language is a certain way, you know, it can lead to like how you talk. You know, it's gonna just affect maybe how you act, and it could lead down a path. But also, there's just like there's worse things in the world than a kid saying a four letter word. Yeah, I just I just really want my kids to be good. Like <laughs> you know, and, and Bandy, he's already like we went to that rodeo, and like uh, so we stayed at the Servi Ranch this summer with JB, and then we were at. Uh, Spanish fork with them and Samantha and so we all kind of hang out because you know when he drives that motor home so I was just let him take my pickup so he don't have to unhook and go everywhere right sweet so that youth rodeo and my little boy he's looking around he goes at the other dads that are kind of helping there's some dads that used to ride bulls pretty good uh Cooper Congeezer who went to the finals his kids are riding there and Lucas Dick who went to the PBR finals back you know so and Bandy looks around and goes why is nobody smoking like, I'm like, uh, well, that's just, he's like, oh, it's probably just a pro rodeo. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that. He's asking why the kids aren't smoking? No, why the dads aren't. Oh. So. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I, that's one thing I wrote up, Chad. It, like, we got an explicit, uh, the E on there, but also I, I really like that as an outlet that I can actually talk because, man, I, not to beat the, the hating thing down, but like every, I have to make fun of myself a lot just so I don't get any complaints because people want to complain. And so in the arena, when like I say this one joke, Hey everybody, you know what? It's Friday night. I know I'm chubby, but on Friday night, where's all my chubby friends at? <laughs> yeah. You know, funny, right? No, yeah. I get a letter. When you said, where's all the chubby guys? My son who was over beats was sitting there and he just started crying because people were looking at him and he didn't cheer. Well, hey, I'm sorry, you know, like, oh, or the, the wild fan of the night we did in Raleigh at the world's toughest, we give a hundred dollar bill, right? hundred dollars cash. Where's my wild fan of the night? This big lady, what bigger than me, long hair, beautiful gal. She stands up and I mean, she starts twirling that hair and I mean, they're playing cherry pie by warrant. So, you know, that's a appetite for destruction and she's shaking it. I mean, shaking it. And she gets on, you know, like those handles that in Coliseums. She jumps on it and slides down it backwards while throwing her hair back. And I give her that hundred. I said, ma'am, I said, I don't know what you're drinking, but here's for another round. Next day, I get a phone call. Hey, man, uh, you got to write an apology. I said, for what? That lady, she's like, I am so embarrassed that that clown said that I was drinking. I don't drink or condone alcohol. And I was there with my nieces and nephews and my children. And for the clown to say that I was drunk in that arena, she's like, I will never come back to one of your events. And I'm like, what? You know, because like people are so weird. I go, hey, everybody, look at your hand. Well, you know what? He didn't say crap about looking at your feet. That yeah. clown just said, look at your hand. That's crap. Guy in so the back, I ain't got a hand. Guy in the back didn't have a hand. So, yeah, exactly. So that's one thing on Rump Chat. Like, it's not on public forum. Like, I hate social media. I, I I hate it. I don't want to be a part of it, man. But like on Rump Chat, where you have to go to it and download it. Yeah. It's not just out there for you to see. I like having that outlet where I can talk and be myself because defend e yourself and even at even at rodeos, man, like you gotta be on. Even when you're not in the arena, you are always on. You you can't there you can't have a bad day as a rodeo clown. Like if you get at eight, eight o'clock in the morning and things ain't going good, you can't you know, and some, one of your your people stop by, you can't be like, hey, what's up? You go, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah. Everything going good today? 
They'll be like, hey, come over and have coffee. You don't want to go have coffee sometimes. Yeah, come on, come on. Okay, you bet, you know, and you have to go over there and, and small talk. And so, like, you always have to be on. You can't, yeah. there's no. It's and, taxing. And I don't mean that. I hate to say that because I don't want anybody to go, well, that guy's got it all. He's just being a baby about it. I'm not saying that, but, like, it's hard to always be on. And that's 100%. what, you know, you, you can't, if you do, I remember I, I was pretty upset at, I got hit in the barrel really hard last summer and uh, I was pretty sore and um, I go walking out of the barrel on this, one of the committee guys, he goes, Hey, uh, come on, sign autographs. I'm like, not tonight. And he goes, well, you're supposed to, I said, Hey, look, man, I'm just not feeling it. I, I'm not going to go up there, man. You know, next day hey uh justin kathy here at the office um is everything good with you and greg because he said that you got pretty pretty mad at him last night well it's not that it's just i I had a rough evening of getting ran over by mexican fighting bulls i just you know i can hey sorry about that but you bet i'll come right up there so like rub chat it can just i can say whatever i want yeah and 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 like i said i i i Hope that people will, will listen to Rum Chat and get to know me a little bit. Even though Hamlin a lot of times says I'm dirty, I shower a lot. Uh, that's it's just so like, his thing. But it's whenever I go to like a booth, you know, <clears throat> sometimes I'll be there for four, five, six hours because especially if it's my booth, you know, like yeah. it's it's just not like, like you can bounce out, right? Well, like I'll sit there for five, six hours. I'll be more tired from that in an evening. <clears throat> Rather than like if I go day work somewhere and we, uh, you know, we're horseback at 6 a.m. And we may, we'll work till 6 or 7 that evening. Just just pretty hard work. Mm-hmm. I'll have way more energy on a day like that than I will after a booth. Like it's so taxing. But like at the booth, it's the neck up. You know, when you're on a ranch, it's the neck down. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, mentally and emotionally it's just draining to be quote unquote on yeah. like you're talking about. That's why I like Vegas, like towards the end, the last couple of days, I really feel bad. And I got to like, I'll dip out. If I'll feel it coming. And, and, uh, cause with me, for some reason, uh, I guess just because of the, the, the nature of my videos, people just, I don't, for some reason, when they come up to me, they'll just be an, a, a, a jerk, you know? And they just think that, I'm, I'm not like a normal person. And, uh, and then plus they might also be awkward and they're also a fan. And so they don't necessarily, they don't have a plan when they walk up and they want to say something and sound, and they want to say something and maybe they're trying to be funny and the delivery is all off or whatever, but like, it's just not a good interaction. And so like after eight, nine days in Vegas of doing that for eight or nine hours a day, every day, like you just get kind of exhausted of it. And so I'm, I'm, I never like will like call someone a name or anything. I just might kind of not say anything and I'll just take the picture with them. Well, that alone is enough for them to feel awkward. And so I'll just, I'll, I just got to dip out and I'll be like, all right, I got to go because I feel it coming, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel bad for, for those people, even though they're the ones necessarily, you know, on paper, they're the ones that were the jerk, whatever. But anyways, the point is, it's like, it's so incredibly taxing. That's what, that's when I get home and I, I got the gate on my driveway, you know, where we live off down in there. And like, when I get home, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just, yeah. I, I just want to yeah. do my deal. And 
I got my friends at home, Jeff and Sheridan Greer. Sheridan's the one that drew that picture of you and Boone. Yeah. That, with the pencil. Yep. It's, they're, in my, they're it's my, on my wall. They're my best friends at home. And so, like, when I get She it, is very talented. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, but they're the only ones I'll be around, really, because I'm yeah. like, I just, you know, some of my other friends, hey, man, let's get home. Let's go. Let's go do this or that. I'm like, man, I've just, I've been gone. I just, yeah. but like, after Denver, after 26 performances in 16 days, like, yep. and I just, no offense, but I'm just, Yep. Unless it's Jeff and Sheridan, they they understand it, right? But like everybody else, I'm like, man, I just want to chill. Like, I just want to be around my family and and horses and cattle, you know, and just just kind of go do my deal. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of happiness in just caking cows in northern Oklahoma. Yeah, when no one's around, you know. <laughs> well, get you a couple white claws, you know, fill up your deal and just cruise around. Um. <clears throat> After this, we got one more little deal I want to do with you. But okay. we normally end these with, because I'm, I'm sure you've got things to do today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting blown up right now, but I got we're good for a few This more. next one will be quick. Okay. But we'll just, uh, um, we end up, end, end these with life advice. Can be, can be your rodeo clown life advice or can be Justin Rumford. Like, can it be a couple different pieces of absolutely. advice? Okay. Yeah. Number one is one, uh, one of the smartest men I ever met in rodeo, and he's kind of my hero, Tommy Joe Lucia. Oh, yeah. Tommy Joe is the one that got Flint the million-dollar contract. Yep. He did so much with the PBR. He's with Salt Lake uh, Cowboy Games. I mean, that dude's amazing. He told me this. Um, it's good to be out and about uh, when dealing with the public, but he said two words that you also need to remember, limit exposure. Yeah. You know, and that was something I'll never forget. Uh, thing number two I'll never forget is Benny Butler told me this. You would think as big as your ass is, you could pull your head out of it easier. Uh, <laughs> that's number two. But the uh, Rex Dunn, who was a Hall of Fame bullfighter that, you know, I kind of grew up around. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any of his videos back in the yeah. day. Just a little. But Rex Rex has always been motivating me. Uh, the one thing he told me, he said, it, it's easy to quit. He said, anybody could quit. He said, quitting is the easiest thing you'll ever do. And he, he told me, he said, you know, if you, if you want to do this, you can. He said, anybody that wants to rodeo can. He said, it don't matter your ability. It don't matter how tall you are. It don't matter how fat you are. If you want to make it in the rodeo business, you can. He said, all you got to do is do it. Just never quit. Yeah. And that would be my life advice for anything, man. It don't matter about rodeoing. If you want to, if you want to do anything, if you want to play basketball, if you want to, you know, be a rancher, if you want to train horses, if you want to play <laughs> golf, you can do it. You just, you can't quit. You have to, you have to do it. And I, that's what I'll never forget because like you said, man, quitting's easy. Yeah. But we, that's not what we do. Except for quitting chewing tobacco, which was extremely hard. Okay, and I did do that. So, holla, <laughs> that uh, Kevin, you got any life advice? Uh, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. <laughs> Say it one more time into the mic. Yeah, into the mic, <laughs> because that's gold. <laughs> yeah. Say it one more time. Don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Okay. It might be what goes on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What do you got, Donnie? Take a chance, Columbus did. Nice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say do the right thing for the right reasons and deal with the consequences. I heard that the other day. I thought it was kind of just because sometimes doing the right thing also has consequences. 
Right. It was just kind of made me think of like some of the hard decisions in life. You know, you got to, you know, when you, when you're trying to live, you know, live out my faith, for instance, you know, that you've got to make decisions that might yield losing a friend or losing a gig or not doing this or that or less money. But those are the consequence. There's, there's consequences even to doing the right thing. Amen. And then the other thing physically, uh, I was listening <coughs> to a book. He said, uh, the body can do damn near anything. Uh, it's the mind that needs training. And so just on your weight loss journey, it was a Navy SEAL instructor that said that. Come so. on, mind. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then my final piece of advice is go listen to Rump Chat. Yeah. Yeah, with not with your kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, next, we're going to... We, we usually record the intro real quick after this. So. Okay. Donnie, All good. roll the outro music. Here it comes. Here it is. Outro music commencing. The board is sideways, guys. So there it is. Yeah.